Uh, hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, welcome on in. Why would I be playing Elvis Presley? Well, Elvis, the Las Vegas Bowl, baby. Your Wisconsin Badgers taking on the Arizona State Sun Devils with a 9.30, no, no, not a.m., p.m., 9.30 kickoff, December 30th, as they are going bowling. How about that, my friends? December 30th, 9.30 kick, Badgers, Sun Devils, Wisconsin, Arizona State, the Las Vegas Bowl. It is oof, the 20th straight year, the third longest streak in the country for your Wisconsin Badgers, the 20th straight year of a bowl appearance. And then you have Arizona State, Badgers 8-4, and four, Arizona State, they're 8-4, Herm Edwards v. Paul Christ. So Arizona State coming in with a 6-3 record in the Pac-12 South. Sun Devils' losses came to the eventual Pac-12 champion, Utah, who Utah ran all over Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. I hope you bet on that. We had it in the razor's edge. And then, uh, let's see here, Arizona State also lost to Washington State and Oregon State. So it's a strong defensive team that finished second in their conference. In total defense, 329 yards per game. Points allowed at 20.9, and they had 15 interceptions. Now, listen, we know about strong defenses, and that would be the Wisconsin Badgers defense. That's a juggernaut right there. Offensively, though, kind of sounds similar to the Wisconsin Badgers. Badgers rely on Braylon Allen, all those running backs, right? Well, offensively, Arizona State also counts on its running game. 204 yards per game, 5.3 yards per carry, as it struggled to get a lot going through the air. Stop me if you've heard that before. Thank you, Elvis. So they struggled to get some air raid going, right? They finished 11th in the Pac-12 through the air. And their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, threw for 2,221 yards with 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, while also finishing as the team's second-leading rusher, 670 yards and six more scores on his feet. So this is going to be fun, man. Two teams that kind of are similar. Wisconsin, I would give the nod, obviously, with Graham Mertz over Jaden Daniels, but defensively, Wisconsin, that juggernaut. Hell, you look at all the Big Ten accolades that our guy, Leo Chanel, Jack Sanborn, every starter on Wisconsin's defense got some form of all Big Ten recognition. And then offensively, uh, we'll see. Obviously, the Badgers rely on their run, and uh, so does Arizona State. Paul Christ v. Herm Edwards, Wisconsin versus Arizona State. Badgers versus Sun Devil. Sun Devils, excuse me, as you just heard Elvis singing, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, good morning, my friends. So we'll talk some Badger football today. With this bowl, there's revenge on the brain. Last time they played the Sun Devils, 2013, and also last time the Badgers had a bowl game in Vegas. I don't know if you guys remember this or not. It was uh, quite some time ago. Also, controversy surrounding that as well. So we got that on the docket today. If you saw Saturday, my God, Johnny Davis and the Wisconsin Badger basketball team, absolutely incredible. Taking down the Marquette Golden Eagles, the in-state quote-unquote rivals, I guess if you want to call them that, as it was a 89-76 to victory. Johnny Davis, 25 points. He was just nuts, dude. Johnny Davis, wow. Insane of what he was able to put together. This cat is just special. And if you were scrolling through Twitter, have Twitter, or social media, hell, if you just have a set of eyes, you can tell uh, a lot of people want it to be known that Johnny Davis, you better pay attention to him this year because he may be gone. Oh, my God, I don't want him to be gone. We were talking about this last week, right, after the Maui Invitational of Johnny Davis just taking over, of just how special this guy was, uh, is, excuse me, as I can't recall a player this this good, this young, this early, besides what, Devin Hester, or Hester, Devin Harris, excuse me. I got football in the brain. We'll talk to football in a second. NFL, hence the Devin Hester. But the Badgers, Johnny Davis, insane. He showed it again, dropping 25 points, doing it, hitting tough shot after tough shot. 
9 for 14 from the field. Nearly half were contested jumpers in and around the lane. 11 of the points also came in a 28 to 15 run that turned the tide in the second half. Now I know what 89-76, a little 13-point win for the Badgers. There was a time there in the second half when Wisconsin was just throttling. Marquette, they probably were wishing they could throw up the white flag and end the game early because Johnny Davis was just, dude, there was a, what assist he had. He was driving the left side of the lane, came down, you know, the, the lane collapsed on him. Everyone was came in for help defense. And he looked over to the right side of the three-point key saw Chucky Hepburn, did this insane dish, and Hepburn just drilled this three. like, whoo-wee. And then a little later, Johnny Davis coming down the right side, driving down the right side of the lane, does this swift little move, broke a little ankle, come in, and just made this nice little layup, and then gave the mean mug to the camera. And the Cole Center just erupts. Johnny Davis is in Shane, this dude is going to make the Badgers go. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible. Johnny Davis. Uh, Let's see here. Chucky Hepburn. Uh, Let's see. Quote, sometimes it's get Johnny the ball and get the F out of the way. End quote. (laughs) Brad Davison, who also had a phenomenal game about Johnny Davis. Quote. His ability to create space, get to his shot, he can score at all three levels. In my opinion, he's one of the best scorers in the country. He has shown that night in and night out, as some of his teammates, me, Chucky, we just get out of the way sometimes and let him do his thing. I love it, dude. Not only Brad Davison saying we get out of his way and let him do his thing, I like more of the Chucky Hepburn stance of things. The freshman... Who had a career-high 15 points now against the Marquette Golden Eagles. He's nice. But I like the mean quote. Mean in a good way. Sometimes it's get Johnny the ball and get the F out of the way. That's what's great about a point guard that knows his role. Got to be a facilitator, right? You get him the ball, Johnny Davis that is, and to quote Hepburn again, you get the F out of the way. And hey, Johnny Davis, I just talked about a little bit ago, can find you too, Chucky, as he found you at that, uh, what, the right of the key. Swishing that three. Mm. Brad Davison also just crazy good. A few days after uh, you know, putting Wisconsin on his back to take down Georgia, Georgia Tech, senior delivers big moments. Marquette what, cut Wisconsin's lead to 61-53 with about eight minutes left. Marquette started getting a little momentum. And then Brad Davison came curling off a screen, launched a three-pointer from the corner, went down, and then he hit one two possessions later and took control back of that game for the Badgers. Incredible. Davis finishing with 20 points, four rebounds. It was his third 20-plus point performance this season after having two all of last year. This Badger basketball team, man, wow, great. Steven Crowell with some good minutes too. Man, There was uh, it was just a collective effort against the Marquette Golden Eagles. Now, not so good. Speaking of Crowell and some of the big boys, uh, Badgers at one point in the first half inside scoring – Two for 11 on two-point shots, including 0 for 5 for layups. That was tough to see a little bit. Uh, and the failure to finish inside largely can be tied to Tyler Wall. Now, Tyler Wall's been so nice. This is a dude that does all the little things nice, never going to be flashy. He's had his ups and downs, obviously. Tyler Wall went 2 for 9 from the floor in the game. Wisconsin better in the second half, though. They went 0 for 5 in the first half of layups, 8 for 15 in the second half. But the stat of the game... And our sports director, Zach Heilprin, is going to join us at 820. He's going to talk about this and Wisconsin football, too, going bowling to Las Vegas against Arizona State. But Saturday against the Marquette Golden Eagles. At one point in the game, I should say in the second half, Wisconsin, the starters, went 16 for 22. The Badgers shot 70.4% in the second half of the game. Incredible, dude. Incredible. This team this year is so much fun to watch. Now, years past, what we had that stretch, four years, five years, seemingly forever, right, of the same group of cats, the same group of guys. And you're like, okay, how much can I see Dimitri Trice, 
dance around the top of the three-point line, let everyone clear out, shot clock is down to two, three, one second, and he jacks up a three for some kind of hero ball. It was fun at times, but it got a little long in the tooth. This team this year with new faces outside of Brad Davison, new faces relying on some younger guys, so much fun to watch, led by Johnny Davis. And how about those uniforms for Wisconsin basketball? Johnny Davis and company, they got together, designed them, rocked the alternates for the first time this year. Not only did they look good doing it, but they look good in those new unis. Crazy. So you got Johnny Davis putting it down. You got Brad Davis and the grandpa, the senior, the super senior, giving you that veteran leadership. You got Chucky Hepburn, the freshman, having his best all-around game of the year, career-high 15 points, assists, career six, while posting three steals. This guy's a great facilitator. Played like a vet. Brad Davidson said such after the game, said as such after the game, saying he's really calm, composed, and defensively all over him. That's what we need. And this is from a freshman. Greg Gard dropping hints, you know, in the summertime that he's going to start. And then once Chucky Hepburn got the nod, it all came out, right? Gardo saying he's knew, known since the summer that he was going to be the starter. And then you look at this team that was able to put down 89 points, the second most it has scored uh, in the 128-game series against the Marquette Golden Eagles. The only time the Badgers have scored more was when they dropped 94 in a win in 2016. So now that victory has pushed Wisconsin's all-time record against Marquette to 69-59. and 59. And check this out. We're talking about scoring a lot of points, right? The 55 points Wisconsin had in the second half to throttle the Marquette Golden Eagles and say, you are the red-headed stepchild. The 55 points in the second half was the most, was the most after halftime since the 2015 NCAA regional final game against Arizona. Woo! Oh, man. Absolutely incredible. So now Big Ten play is going to get underway for the Wisconsin Badgers. They welcome in the Indiana Hoosiers to the Kohl Center Wednesday. This is when the big guys down low are going to have to have trial by fire. This is what's going to be tough for Wisconsin. you got Johnny Davis, the cons. you got Brad Davis in the veteran leadership. you got Chucky Hepburn playing like a veteran, the true freshman at point guard. But how are the big guys going to fare once Big Ten play starts on Wednesday? This is the first time the Badgers have been playing Arizona State, who they'll play the Sun Devils for the first time since 2013. And if you remember, it was a game in Tempe, which there was a lot of controversy. I'm still kind of mad about it. Yeah. When the Badgers in 2013, Joel Stave went to go spike the ball, if I remember correctly, and the refs what, – what, I have the audio right here. here. Let, me just, let me just get to it really quick here. A bizarre and – There's a 10-second runoff or a penalty. We'll see if Stave Joel Stave takes it, and he goes and kneels the ball. In the middle of the field and put the ball down. At the 15-yard line. Yeah. It was interesting. He just put the ball down. He didn't take a no, knee. He, he took he the knee. He the ball on yeah. the ground. He's saying he gave himself up, so it's down. But there's four seconds left. The clock's running. The clock's still going. So the, the referee didn't respot the ball, and the game's over. Yeah. I'm so mad the about this. So Joel Stave took it, down. and he went right into the middle of the field yeah. to kneel the ball. And then all of a sudden, he kneels the ball. Arizona State jumps on it like it's a fumble. The referee's standing there like an idiot, not doing anything. And everyone's just kind of staring at each other like, what's going on? And Wisconsin's lining up saying, hey, set the ball. Set the ball. And the referee is just literally standing there with the ball in his hands, not doing anything, like an idiot. And then the clock's running down. Stave's screaming. The Wisconsin Badgers are screaming. I'm screaming at my television set. I'm sure RJ's screaming at his television set. Clock runs out. The referee didn't even put the... Ball uh, down on the ground. That was the most, I, should, I, I won't say afraid, but unsettled I've been at a an away game. I'm so mad. Uh, I'm mad all a, over After again. the game, uh, due to the Arizona State fans, mm. uh, like physically threatening you as you're leaving the stadium after they won. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Like, what? Uh, in unison, students and other people... Walking out of the stadium, chanting "F Wisconsin," and then occasionally you get a a nice uh, jab towards your way uh, about people threatening to kill you. 
you got to keep if, your head on a if, swivel in a cockfight like that, RJ. If you wear that color out tonight. What? Uh, yeah, and all that. I was like, I oh, thought they were okay. just um, the friendly party school. Apparently not. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so Wisconsin, last time they played 2013, besides the fans threatening to kill RJ, 32 to 30 was the uh, controversial win, uh, win for Arizona State. I'm still mad about that game. That ref stood there like a dumbass, dude. He literally stood there with the ball, wouldn't put it on the ground to set it. And all Stave wanted to do was 14 seconds left. You line up, you spike the ball, you bring out the field goal unit, you win the game, maybe. And it just stood there. So dumb. And then RJ, speaking of Las Vegas, so that was uh, in Tempe, right, against Arizona State, last time they played each other. You got to go all the way back, RJ, to 2002, where this is where you could say one of the main initial conspiracy theories stems from. As Wisconsin takes on UNLV in Las Vegas, the Badgers open as a three, four point favorite. As the Wisconsin fans travel and travel well, get to Las Vegas. That line goes all the way up to seven. As the Badger money just started coming in fast and furious. Badgers are up 27 to seven. There's seven minutes and 41 seconds to play against UNLV. And all the lights and power go out. Yeah, I remember watching that game. And Vegas calls off all the bets. Uh, uh, prior to that game happening. And Wisconsin it, fans are pissed because they could have cashed. It was one of the biggest losses in college football betting history Yeah, in Las Vegas. Yeah. And crazy how one of the last games of the night they could control. But Vegas would have lost their ass. Yeah. And they admit it. Yeah. And all the conspiracy theories started coming out because Las Vegas, they have a, a book rule which requires football games to go at least 55 minutes to officially cash your wagers. Yep. That game went 52 minutes and 19 seconds. And Vegas, when you went to go, because Wisconsin was declared the winner, they didn't restore power for, God, hours and hours. I think it came at like 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. And Wisconsin fans went to go cash their ticket, and Vegas said, nope. Sorry, bets are null and void. The game didn't go at least 55 minutes, and that's when the conspiracy theories started to come out, RJ. Yeah. And then uh, they said it was an equipment failure that had caused the blackout. They found some, like, cable that had been, like, some some node or something, like, blew up. I, I don't know the official excuse. Uh, I can try and find it. But they said it was some equipment failure. Oh, yeah, repairmen discovered equipment failures from splices within a cable and a burnt module at the stadium. But Vegas admits they would have lost tons and tons of money if that game would have went 55 minutes or more. As Wisconsin was declared the official winner 27-7 to over uh, the running Rebels. Pretty wild, dude. So Vegas Vegas has some uh, strange Wisconsin ties from that and their opponent coming up in Arizona State. Arizona State 8-4. and four. You excited for this? Uh, the Las Vegas Bowl? You excited for it? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Better than the Outback Bowl. Is it? Well, I don't know. I'm kind of sick of the Outback Bowl. I mean, you get a higher payout at the Outback Bowl. But, I was, we're, just um, kind of, we're just kind of fatigue <laughs> the Outback Bowl a little bit. I, I yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's, it's always good. I can only eat so much coconut shrimp and a blooming <laughs> onion. It's always good to be in a bowl game because you get an extra month worth of practice. And like we've talked before, um, you know, really the first part of bowl practices uh, since coaches – are taking turns going out on recruiting visits and all that right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is the for the first couple of, and depending on when your bowl game is, uh, for the first week, week and a half, two weeks, depending on your bowl game, uh, you your practices are pretty much uh, letting the guys who don't get the reps get the reps. Get reps and yeah. then you start... I mean, you're doing your implementing and all that kind of stuff in film and and all that, but then you you give the guys a break and just have a practice and let some of your starters heal up or get rest. Sure. And then like yeah, Braylon you're, Allen mentioned, you're, like- you're, yeah, your freshmen and your everything past the two deep are the ones getting the majority of the reps. Like and Braylon Allen's he had. I think you could just list Braylon Allen as full body injury. <laughs> he said yeah. after uh, the uh, Minnesota game that he's really banged up and ready just for some time off to heal. 
So yeah, I'm excited for you know some of the up and coming guys to get some time and the Badgers to go somewhere a little different. Been teasing it for about an hour and a half now. <laughs> and I just saw the message on Facebook. I hadn't logged into Facebook till right now. So Corey, who just called in, my man, Corey and Marshall, I apologize for not getting back to you earlier. He says, uh, I'm ecstatic to hear the radio call of one individual, Paul Allen. Well, RJ? <laughs> Can we get the Lions call first? <laughs> I do, I do, I both. This is incredible. I'm watching. Okay, wow. Okay. So yesterday, no Packers, obviously. They're in by. And I'm like, okay, I'm just – Jen, my wife, and I, we went uh, out for breakfast. We went to Brothers 3, uh, had a Bloody Mary, had some uh, great breakfast there. And then it's like, all right, we got to get some grocery shopping done. So we went to Costco, and then we went to Woodman's to finish it off. And then <laughs> I get home around like 1 o'clock. So I was a little late for the you know kickoffs at noon, right? And yeah. I turned the boob tube on. I turned the TV on. And I, I'm like, I have two options. I got Bears versus Cardinals. Kyler Murray's back, right? The Bears are just atrocious. Yeah. Or I have Lions versus Vikings. I didn't look at any of the scores. I just had to choose between the lesser of two evils. Or, <laughs> or the better of two evils. I'm not sure which. So I tune into the Bears first because, RJ, you know my stance. The Chicago Bears are my favorite sitcom on TV. Yeah. Like, the Chicago Bears are, like, hands down, the best sitcom ever. That's uh, probably the longest-running sitcom in TV history. It is, and it's incredible. So I, I tune into the Chicago Bears first for a little bit, and I'm watching Andy Dalton throw pick after pick, and we had four interceptions, <laughs> and the Cardinals are just having their way, and I'm looking at the weather. I'm like, I can't believe people paid money to go out there and watch this game and at Soldier Field. And I just, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. And I'm like, okay, I've... I've had my fill of my favorite sitcom. Okay. <laughs> and I remember a couple of people saying, like, like Bill Michaels, for example, is like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Lions get their first win of the season. I laughed at Bill. I was doing the huddle with him on Thursday. Yeah. I said, no way. I think we all did. So I tuned in. Sure as crap, the Detroit Lions are winning 20 to 6 at halftime. I'm like, oh my God. Wow. And the Vikings looked like trash. Yeah. And so Corey and Marshall would well, just call them a little Once again, they're without Dalvin Cook. Yes. So, like, Dalvin Cook came back for the Packer game. He looked like normal Dalvin Cook against the Packers. Yeah. And then got hurt the following week. Yeah. And they're now without him for, like, this could be one of those losses where Dalvin Cook and the team are like, how about we just wait till next year? Yeah, it's it's insane. All right, so I, I tune in, and I'm like, oh, my God, the Lions are winning, and the Vikings look pretty inept offensively. Like They'll get down to the red zone and settle for field goals. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, Kirk Cousins starts hitting Justin Jefferson. You know, there's they show a little life the Vikings do. And then the Vikings take the lead. And I'm talking to my guy, Corey and Marshall. We'll just called him a little bit ago. We're DMing each other. I go, the Vikings, I tell him, like, the Vikings are going to win this game. He goes, no, Lions got this. I'm going to speak it into existence. So what did. happens? Well, here's what happens. There's four seconds left. The Vikings are winning 27-23 to at Ford Field. Detroit is on uh, inside the 10. It's fourth and two, or just outside the 10, excuse me. It's fourth and two, and this happens with four seconds left. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Touchdown to the Lions! They did it! Armin Ross, they brought the receiving end. Oh, they're rushing the field! (laughs) They've done it! That makes it sound like the fans Three zeros on the clock. This game is over. It's over! Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. His first career touchdown. And how big is that? Like, oh, Jared Goff went went to Dan Campbell. They hug each other. Big man embrace. I'm like with everybody who is watching that game. And like, everybody, like, to a T, you're reading and all that. They're like, how did I just become a Lions fan? I know. I'm like, like, I was not invested in that game at all. Neither like, was I until like it's right, the end. Until like, like they're on their final drive. I'm and like, the Lions are oh driving. God, they're they like driving down win. the field. And I was thinking to myself, I'm, you know, you never want to see, especially if it's your team, you want to see anyone lose. Unfortunately, someone has to lose a game. Yeah. But fortunately for all of us, it was the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Here's Paul Allen's call on the, thanks to the Lions radio network. Here is Paul Allen's call on the Vikings radio network. Paul Allen after the Vikings. Beat the Packers, had a lot to say about some coach, nameless coach, 
that was talking smack to Paul Allen after the Vikings beat the Packers, yada, yada, yada. The Vikings, since, have been lose, losing every game. Now, it's been not a lot of games, but they beat the Vikings, or I'm sorry, they beat the Packers, right? And then they go on to uh, lose. Let's see here. <laughs> uh, RJ, they beat the Packers and they lose to the Niners, and then this is what happens. The Paul Allen call. As the Lions get their first win of the season. Paul Allen, eat your heart out. Take a listen. He goes out of the shotgun. He takes the snap from Evan Brown. He's going to fire to the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. And these cardiac kitties have beaten the Minnesota Vikings and won a game for the first time in 364 days. Ah! The game-winning touchdown was caught by Amon Ra State Brown. And for that young man, his first National Football League touchdown is a memorable one. It beat the Minnesota Vikings 29-27. That's it. That's it. Paul Allen, I'm pretty sure I could hear the tears rolling down his cheeks coming from his eyes as he just tried to casually talk about how the Lions, who have not won (laughs) in almost a full year, 364 days was the last time the Lions got a victory. And my God, again, unfortunately someone's got to lose a game, but fortunately for all of us, another connection to the Packers. It was the Minnesota Vikings. Equiminius St. Brown's brother is the one who caught the touchdown. Yep. Uh, Did he go to? He went to. Did he go to Notre Dame? He went to Notre Dame. No. Or just Equiminius did. Uh, Just Equiminius. Amon Ross St. Brown. I believe he went to USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Viva Las Vegas. We welcome in our sports director Zach Halpern. Zach, good morning. Morning. Hi everyone. Holly eleven. What are you doing? What's up, Ben? What's that? Hello. Hey. Hey, Zach. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Is this now the uh, Ben and Evo show? This is over the line, Zacharias. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> so, Ben, or I mean, sorry, Zach and Ben. Viva Las Vegas. I am kind of mm. glad it's not the Outback Bowl for the Wisconsin Badgers. A man can only have coconut shrimp and a blooming onion so many times. I like I like this Vegas Bowl. I don't care for the 930 kickoff. But, Zach, what's this mean for the Badgers? Las Vegas against the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, can you remind the folks the last time uh, these two teams played? <laughs> I don't think anybody. Well, I, I should say that there are probably some that need to remind need reminding. I do not because I was there and uh, it was uh, ugly. It was controversial. It was Joel Stavi clearly, clearly taking a knee, put, trying to put the ball down. Arizona State jumping on it, and then Wisconsin never getting a shot to. The ref would never put the ball on the ball. ground either, Zach. The ref like held onto yeah. that ball like an idiot. Yeah, no, they're. Ridiculous, ridiculous. They, they should have had a chance to get the field goal. Look, the, the kicker probably still probably would have missed it. He missed a, a similar field goal the week before. But, yeah, I mean, at least at least give him a shot. And uh, so, yeah, that is uh, – and that obviously was also the game where karma started. That was uh, Jed Bielema tweeting out karma after that game. And that's oh, my God, that you're right. On. I saw yeah. a screenshot of that what? last night. I wish I was on Twitter at no that time. No way, dude. I forgot that's when it started. So, Zach, do we know yeah. whether it's going to be Big Ten or Pac-12 refs for this game, or do they usually go out of conference? I think for most bowl games, they go out of conference. I'm not positive on that, but I would be shocked if it was Pac-12 referee. Surprise. Bull Borowski um, is going to moonlight <laughs> as a football ref. Right? He, he, had a, he did well on Saturday. He had one. Well, look, basketball coming up. Sorry, Zach. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Arizona State, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Is uh, yeah. Arizona State kind of like a poor man's Wisconsin, rely on the run and the quarterback kind of struggles? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they are defense? because their quarterback, their quarterback can run, and they do have a good defense. Uh, the, the interesting thing about it, I should say, the um, the thing we don't know about Arizona State is, is how many of these guys are going to opt out and not play in the game. They've already lost their leading rusher, uh, who's uh, uh, sitting out because he wants to get ready for the draft. I think they've they've already uh, said another guy sitting out. they got like four or five other guys that are potentially going to sit out. So yeah. I don't know how uh, up to speed Arizona State's going to be. I don't know how up to, to full strength they're going to be. And we don't really know Wisconsin either. I think there may be a chance that a, a couple of Wisconsin guys do the same thing. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, it is a team that Wisconsin should beat, but they do look uh, they, they do look similar just in terms of their profiles and wanting to run the ball, struggle passing it. 
and they have one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. So I wanted to ask you, speaking of the guys sitting out, you know, after the Minnesota game, I try to forget about that, but Braylon Allen made a comment that it looked like he, you know, he's excited for some time off to get 110% healthy this offseason. Do you think Braylon Allen's going to be playing in the bowl game? Yeah, I think he meant – I don't think he said offseason. I think he said 100% to get his, uh, just get his okay. body back right. Yeah, I, I do think he's going to play in the bowl game for sure. Um, All right, good. You know, he's, he, he may be – he needs the time off. There's no doubt about that. And, and maybe they maybe they keep him out to to not potentially get him hurt. I'd be shocked if they did that. The, the way that Paul Chris talks about things and wanting to keep guys, give guys, he always mentions brings up Jack Sitchy. You never know when your last game is going to be, and so he wants guys to play as much as they possibly can uh, when they are when they are healthy and and uh, have have games left. So, Zach, who do you think has a better week in Vegas? Greg Gard, uh, back when they won the Maui and I may have hit the streets, who knows? Or Paul Christ when they go? I think Gardo's birthday was around that time, too, when he was in Vegas. Uh, not not a chance that anybody's going to have a better week than Greg Gard did in Maui. I mean, and desperately needed it, too, right? Like, just the, the way to get that, you know, you, you start off a little, you know, some questions here and there, and then they go out and win three straight in Maui. And I'm sure he had, uh, I'm sure he put some money on black at some point. And, uh, Let it ride, right? Well, yeah, wouldn't Gardo so. put it on red? Ah, uh, hey, maybe <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, no, I, yeah. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, pretty clear that uh, I don't think anything Wisconsin does in the Las Vegas Bowl is to be more significant than what. Uh, the basketball team. Did. So we'll talk basketball coming up, but real quick, Zach, I saw um, the Las Vegas Bulls official Twitter account <laughs> release their 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 trophy. I, what is this thing? I want Graham Mertz to break it. It looks like something that belongs in like the AAF or like uh, not to put you on the spot. Could you describe this trophy? It's it's weird. I don't. I don't know how I can describe it, but I did look up the name that it's named after, and, and you'll have to. I mean, you're you're probably looking at it right now. Yeah. What's the name? What's the name on that thing? Rossi Rallencotter. <laughs> yes, what I looked that? him up. He uh, was like the head of a of the uh, their business bureau, and he uh, what he was he, he, the Las Vegas business bureau, and uh, ended up getting charged with fraud. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and had to resign, um, like in 2020. So I'm I'm kind of surprised that his name's still on the trophy. But hey, oh. either way, uh, that's that that is what I know of the trophy is that the guy that uh, uh, was involved in some scandal. This uh, guy sounds badass. Which, which which only which only enhances the uh, the trophy because it's so Las Vegas. Oh, he's that, a, he's a hall of he's right? the business hall of fame inductee. Rosie yeah. Rallencotter gets a plea deal yeah. in LVCVA criminal theft case. <laughs> yeah. so, Facing two <laughs> felony charges, theft and misconduct. Hell yeah. yeah the beat writer yeah. we need. So, yeah. So I, well, uh, also, it's the Las Vegas Bowl. It's not like the Duke's Mayo Bowl that needs free publicity. No. What, right. This trophy needs exactly. to be broken. Vegas. This trophy needs to be broken like the Duke's Mayo Bowl trophy because it's so horrendous. It looks like something yeah. that would be like in a, like an offshoot of the WWE. I don't even know how to describe it. It sucks. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I didn't bring you on to talk uh, the ins and outs of this trophy, Zach, but thanks for the Rossi Rallencotter uh, uh, yeah. information there. Zach, how about this? Something that definitely does not suck. Johnny Davis and the Wisconsin Badger basketball team. woo How about that win over Marquette, man? Johnny Davis, please tell me we're going to get him another year and he's not going to the NBA after this year. Future first-round pick, Johnny Davis. Um, based on what he's played like these first eight games, I, th- I think uh, he as everyone said on Saturday, and I think it, it happened like back to back to back to back to back. Everyone said the same tweet. I did not. Uh, enjoy him while you can. Uh, I saw everyone say I, that. I rolled my eyes like, I, no crap. I, I did not. Um, Thank you. But, uh, yes, you're welcome. I wouldn't want to put that on your timeline. Uh, he's, been, he's been fantastic. <laughs> and I, and I, the thing about him is, is like, I don't – like you, like we all know he can get to the basket. He's, he's been able to finish around the rim like really, really well and in the mid-range and – some of those shots, some of those really, really tough shots he hit probably aren't the most, uh, the highest percentage shots and probably aren't going to go all season, but he did them the other day. I think the biggest thing is can he continue to hit from outside? I yeah. think he's shooting right around 38% three, which is a, is probably the biggest surprise of all. Like I've never thought of him as a, a great outside shooter, but if he's going to hit from out there, he's going to be extremely, extremely difficult to stop. And he doesn't just, like some guys are just offensive guys and they're just going to do what they do on the offensive end, but. He's played a big role on uh, on their defense too. It seems like he's always uh, up in somebody's grill. So I like like that. That is a complete player 
uh, right now, and um, everyone thought he was going to take this this freshman to sophomore jump, but Oof. he's gone from role player to absolute superstar. To the player. Yeah, so he's it's been uh, it's been really good these first eight games, and it's going to get tougher with Big Ten play starting, but well, can't ask for Hang on to that thought. Done. I'm going to ask you about that, but Ben's got something for you. Zach, Stephen Crowell uh, started off hot during the season and then kind of went, he mostly was ranging in single figures, wasn't really finding his shot, kind of struggled against Georgia Tech and St. Mary's, but then 15 points on Saturday, two of three from three, eight rebounds. What have you seen from him? Because to me, it, it seems like he's getting more confident on the court. And this is going to be my question to you, Ben stealing it, but great minds think alike. Um, then, pro, you know, fast forward to Big Ten play with the big boys down low. With yeah, him as well, problem, right? Yeah, that's the that's the concern. Uh, can he hold up against some of the big boys starting obviously on um, yeah, on Wednesday at Trace, Trace Jackson Davis? But I, the thing about Stephen Crowell is, like, even if he, the numbers, like the stats that you uh, listed off there, those are important, right? But look at his plus minus. He's got the highest one on the team. His, like through the when he's on the floor. They are a much better team. Like it's not even just if he's you want him contributing, right? You want him putting up points, you want him put up rebounds, you want him make it difficult on defense. But when he's been on the court, they've been uh, a better team than anybody everybody they faced. And when he's been off the court, not they haven't been as good. Um, so I think that to me, and I know plus minus can get it's kind of a, a faulty stat at times. But he did look good the other day, and uh, Marquette's defense was against him was just. Almost non-existent, especially on the outside. He had a lot of opportunities and a lot of chances to. I should say opportunities. He, he had some. He had some room to work with. Sure. I think uh, a couple of times on those three pointers, and he took advantage of them. But yeah, it's it's going to get significantly, significantly more difficult for him coming up because I do think he's going to struggle with with uh, tough big guys down low. But I, I, <laughs> the one funny thing that came out of the press conference in regards to him, at least, was. Uh, like him not finishing down low sometimes, and Johnny Davis said they told him to quit being soft. Yes, quit being soft. It's my motto. It's my creed. Finish. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> be soft. Oh my! Thank yeah. you, thank you, Zach. Um, <laughs> Fifteen points, career high. Uh, what career high? Uh, six assists, I do believe. Chucky Hepburn, the true mm. freshman, when he had that little behind the back pass with Stephen Crowell hit the three, and then when Johnny Davis was going down to drive and the whole lane collapsed on him, then he found you know Chucky Hepburn on the what the right elbow on top of the three point line and swished it. How how have you seen the growth of Chucky Hepburn uh, from where the season started to where they are now? Because Garda was saying what in summer that he was going to be the starting point guard. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Chucky has been locked in defensively since the opener. Like it, that that hasn't changed. I think he's been a great defender through these eight games, and that was kind of where his uh, calling card was. But his offense, and he admitted after the game, his offense has kind of struggled a little bit. He, he struggled with confidence offensively, but he got. <laughs> but uh, on Saturday, he was fantastic. He mm. did almost. I mean, they, they pressured him every single time he was in there. He had a couple of turnovers, but six assists. You'll take that three to one every time, right? Yep. Um, so. Yeah, he was he was great. He's he's got a good shot. He hasn't been asked to to take it very often, but uh, I think he's got that. He certainly got that in his game. But his ability to spread the ball around and always seems to always be in control uh, for the most part is just insane for a true freshman, especially a guy uh, you know coming into a situation where there's not a whole lot of experience around him. Like he's not able to lean on anybody. He's people are leaning on him, and it's been really really good so far. Yeah, the word that comes to my mind is control. It just seems like <clears throat> no matter what he does, he's always in control. Uh, Zach, going to the bench, so the starters are playing tremendous basketball. I, is there a guy or two you think needs to step up from that bench unit? Because when I was watching the game on Saturday, it kind of seemed like they needed to survive the bench time on the court before Johnny and Chucky and all those guys could get back on. I, is there a guy you think that needs to step up and become a clear contributor off that bench? I'd say Ben Carlson yeah. more than yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben Carlson because right now they're playing um, Gilmore ahead of him. Yeah, and right, that hasn't been great. And the thing about it is, <clears throat> obviously Ben had the back injury last year. I think that set him back. He started off the season, you know, really well. Like I thought he was going to be a big part, of, not a big part, but at least a part of the rotation. And obviously had the back injury and, and, and didn't play again. So. He's a little bit behind, but um, I, the the one thing it stands out to me. I remember watching Greg on Saturday. Greg Guard, he was Carlson was about to check in. He's sitting at the at the scores table. Guard comes over and starts talking to him, and and Carlson's like, "Yep, yep, yep." And it felt like they were talking about defensively and some of the uh, the switches on the on the pick and roll. And um, like the first play down, he got burned. 
and Greg <laughs> just lost his uh, crap on the sideline. And it's like th- those are the type of mistakes like you don't, you, you can't play if you're going to make. And um, so I think I think Ben Carlson would be my guy that that needs to step up. Yeah, what do you think of Lauren Bowman when he? Uh, I, there's a time when Chucky Hepburn and Bowman were on the court at the same time. I was like, eh, I don't know about that one yet. Uh, but what do you think about Lauren Bowman coming off the bench? I think that's going to be those two are going to be on the court a ton together. Uh, are, are not this year. Not this year. Okay. Because uh, at a point where they're in the backcourt and Marquette court. had the full court press on, and I think Bowman threw it to Hepburn, and then Hepburn tried to throw it back to Bowman, when he threw it out of bounds. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Threw it over his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he obviously had the. The sketchy charge call from oh, from Bobrovsky from across the court, unbelievable. From across the court, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Lauren. So I mean, you know, he's he's hit he's hit some a uh, couple of deep shots. He's got the ability to finish inside. I think he's still working his way back though too. He he lost a lot of, um, I think, time in terms of growing his game last year when he wasn't around. Obviously, he was still playing basketball and he was, but it wasn't it wasn't at this level. And so I think. He's going to continue to grow, but yeah, he, he when when Chucky, you know, because Chucky plays so hard, you're going to need Lauren Bowman to take some minutes for him, sure. and I, I think he has done a good job so far. But yeah, obviously, you want more and more from the bench. They uh, at one point they were talking about going nine and ten deep, and and right now it's just it's kind of a, that top five, and then you're you're not really confident, um, you know, when you go have to go two, three, four subs at a, at a time. Zach, real quick, you mentioned his name. Uh, what do you think of Borowski on Saturday? He's rather <laughs> quiet for the most part, right? Outside of that one call. There weren't any technicals. Yeah, no technicals. No Brad hook Davis and holds. Got free. No, yeah, there was so. no, there was one hook. And, they called the hook and hold on uh, on Marquette. One, they called the hook. There was, there was one there hook. Was, I don't think Borowski called it, though. There was no, I mean, there was no technical for a hook and hold. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was a hook. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So, no, he'll, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a quiet game. Quiet game for Bobrovsky, which is the best kind of game for Bobrovsky. Uh, Zach, before you. I let you go, our sports director, Zach Halpern, before I let you go, my friend, which it pains me to do every time. Uh, I love the new addition to your office, by the way. I love that ham radio, that pig in there. It feels, it's beautiful. Zach, before I let you go, though, did you find yourself rooting for the Lions yesterday as the uh, the Vikings lose and the Lions get their first win? I think it's hilarious. I think it's amazing. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so Vikings. I mean, to come, you storm back. Like, they've been in these games all year. Like, this back and forth. They storm back and take the lead, and then you give up a 74-yard touchdown drive <laughs> in the final two minutes to Jared freaking Goff. Like, come on now, right? Ooh, it's, it's too good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And for the Packers, <clears throat> it works out pretty well. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Armin Ross, they brought in the receiving end! They're rushing the field. They've done it. <laughs> Three zeros on the clock. This game is over. It's over. It's over, Ben. Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. His first career touchdown. And how big is that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Have a day, boys. Have a day. Have a day, Detroit Lions. You earned it. You beat the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely hilarious. Ben, check this stat out. I got a couple stats, actually. 364 days last time the Lions won. Their 15-game winless streak snapped. Their 9-game home losing streak snapped. Jared Goff's 12-game winless streak and starts the longest by a quarterback drafted number one overall since the common draft era in 1967 snapped. And you had one about what, Jared Goff and coaches? Oh, it's his first win without Sean McVay. Incredible. And then I saw another stat that I had to laugh at. Kirk Cousins. Quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, obviously. How about this? Kirk Cousins is now 2-26-1 when he is trailing entering the fourth quarter. That's not good. Wow, crazy. But after the game is uh, when I got really emotional. Uh, Jared Goff came up, obviously hugged uh, Dan Campbell. That was emotional for those guys. Uh, But afterwards, Dan Campbell had a hell of a press conference. He dedicated the game ball. To the Oxford High School community, I wanted to play it because it's a terrible tragedy, right? And uh, he had this to say. Take a listen. First thing I'm going to start with, uh, this game ball goes to the whole Oxford community. All those were affected. Um, And that being said, man, I just, you know, I just, I want us to not forget 
these names, Madison Baldwin, Hannah St. Juliana, Justin Schilling, Tate Muir, Phoebe Arthur, uh, John Ashuto, Riley France, Elijah Mueller, Kylie Osiji, Aiden Watson, and Molly Darnell, who's a teacher. Um, those those names, um, for all those, uh, you know, will never be forgotten, and they're in our hearts and our prayers and all the families, and not to mention all those that were affected by all of this. So absolutely crazy, special moment, right? And then you got Michigan, you know, winning the Big Ten championship game, going to the college football playoffs as well. <laughs> Wow. It's crazy how sports, sometimes when people, it's just a game, right? And Ben, I mean, I know you're big into sports, and I am obviously running a sports talk radio show, right? So you look at sports, yeah, people are like, oh, it's just entertainment, it's just a game. But sometimes it means so much more. Uh, look at a Dan Campbell talking there. Michigan, Harbaugh also dedicating their stuff to Oxford High School. So you look at it, it's just very special uh, for what's going on in uh, the face of adversity and tra uh, tragedy like that. Dan Campbell is, is a wild boy as a coach, though. I like him. So do I. The Detroit Lions have been in all of their games, almost all of their games, uh, kind of covering machines. Is Dan Campbell the guy to kind of change the tide in Detroit? Or? I mean, first they need players. Second, they need a quarterback. Third, they need to learn how to win. That's one of those things with Nebraska football this year. They were a, they were a good football team. They just lost every game in the last minutes because they didn't know how to win. So I, with draft picks, with solid players, I think he could be. I like him a lot. Yeah, his introductory press conference where he's talking about punching throats and biting kneecaps and et cetera, et cetera. Like, this guy's crazy, but I like it. And then he's the guy with the big coffee order, right? He drinks, like, enough caffeine to kill an elephant every day. Which I, I still, I, I don't want, you I to still die. want to do it. I don't want you to die. I don't, I don't need that. I don't Okay, I, if anybody. I, I just double my workload. I don't need that. All right, that. can I present it to the people? Sure. And we'll see what they think. So I can you pull up what Dan Campbell yeah, has every that, morning? Right so Dan Campbell on his way to work every day has an in, in unsafe amount of coffee. Uh, right? Unsafe Espresso is an understatement. shots a lot. It's enough <clears throat> to kill probably an elephant. Uh, so I brought up that one day when I come in at 9 o'clock and, and you guys are on the air, I drink that amount of coffee, I do a segment, and we'll see if my heart fails. I don't, I don't want that. Uh, here, here. Uh, let me unmute this tab. Here you go. Here's Dan Campbell's coffee order. Well, to normally what I do is I get, I'll get two venti. I go, you know. And venti, by the way, is the biggest you can get. Well, they have an even bigger one off the menu, but the biggest you can order. Starbucks, you get two venti of the pipe with two shots in them. So black eye and both. That's what I come in with. That's so how I start. That's not that much. According to the... <laughs> Hang on. According to Starbucks, where he goes, one venti cup of pike or pike place brew with two shots has approximately 410 milligrams of caffeine. Two cups would be 100 or 820 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, that is how much caffeine should a person have? Caffeine. Ben says it's not much, not that I, much. I just think it would it would be amazing radio. Yeah, until you die. Again, then. it would be amazing radio. Uh, up to 400 milligrams of caffeine a day appears to be a safe amount for most healthy adults. That's roughly the amount of caffeine in four cups of brewed coffee, 10 cans of cola, or two energy shot drinks. 400 is the safe range. He doubles that. 820. I probably have more than 400 a day. What do you got? You got like a medium black no, this coffee. Was, no, I had two espresso shots on ice. It was wonderful. But then I get home. I, I make another coffee. Do you sleep? Yeah. Do very you, well. Really? Do you have, did your hands shake all day? Like what happens with you? No. Really? Here's no, it's one just... of those, Phil Mickelson talked about it, and I, I I don't know the whole science behind this whole thing, but it's like, yeah, like when he's drinking coffee, he's just like a better, he he's a, he operates better well, a, as a person. It's a drug. And yeah. I, same. I have my, I have four, essentially this is four cups. I never finish it though. I drink it from 4 a.m. until about noon. I have four cups of coffee. Uh, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Jamie. Hey, Jamie. What's up, brother? Not much. Um, I understand. Uh, Dan Campbell, because I'm addicted to caffeine also. <laughs> so is Ben over here. So, I, I try to limit my caffeine. So tell me, how electric of a radio segment would it be if I have 800 milligrams of caffeine and we'll see how fast my heart beats and if it fails? I don't want that to happen. Well, my question is, are you going to just take it like a, a shock to your body or are you going to work your way up to it? Because with him drinking that much coffee, obviously he just didn't start one day and say I'm <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't know. I drink a lot know, now. I think I'm better trained for this than Ebo thinks. 
I because I, I know for myself, I drink like a half a pot of coffee plus I'll drink a Mountain Dew right behind it. Yeah, all on like less than three hours while milking cows. Yeah, see, so, I I'll drink like I'll drink I'll drink a like a third of a cup or a a pot, a pot of coffee is what I usually put down. But then I'll have some little later in the day if I need a little pick me up, like just like a medium from you know what insert coffee shop here. So it's not a lot. Can you function it? without it? Can I? Yes, but after a few I days, cannot. I might get cranky. <laughs> yeah, I know you get that. <laughs> if someone looks at you at the wrong way, you want to, you know, you verbally assault them a little bit. A little bit, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Eight hundred and twenty milligrams of caffeine is pretty nuts uh, for Dan Campbell. But this is a big boy. Ben's a, Ben's not that big of a guy, you know. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm an average but size what, person. I'm I'm curious uh, how much Dan has the rest of the day though. Well, I would assume he would. I think I think this goes throughout the day because two venties are. It's a lot of coffee. No, I think he has that going in and maybe throughout his time at work. But I, he has to when he gets home have another one or else it's just instant crash. Right, exactly. No, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I just think it would be great radio. Yeah, until you die, then I have to do double the work. Yeah, but the ratings would be unreal. I think it would be, but I mean, like I, I know. Not that I'm proud of it because I know I shouldn't be drinking that much, but I mean, I'll have up to like four or five Mountain Dews throughout the day mm. just to keep you going. So you better be, or, you better be squeezing some water in there too, Jamie. We need some water in that in that body of yours too. <laughs> uh, we get some water in there. Seltzer? Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Jamie. You're the man, brother. Thanks for calling yep. in. Yep. And, uh, go ahead and enjoy another pot. All right. See you, buddy. Yeah, listen, I love coffee. The reason why I get up in the morning isn't to come to work, it's to drink coffee. Oh, the 100%. reason why I get up is to drink coffee. I, I didn't have coffee. I didn't have that much time this morning to actually make coffee in my apartment, and I properly caffeinate before I come to work because I didn't have any seltzers, and I was trying to understand where they were. Because <laughs> your roommates or someone stole all your seltzers. Twenty four cans of seltzers. I'm, just, I'm just slowly getting texts back. Don't worry. I uh, hopefully well, I have you got this. to the bottom of seltzer gate. No, no. I'm going to solve there, it today. That'll be tomorrow. Where morning. are we at right now? Who have you, who have you accused people? Uh, I've I've eliminated a couple suspects. Have you accused anyone and they said no in the semi? Or what was like, get us up to speed? No, I just asked in a very direct way uh, where the F are my seltzers? What did you do with them? And the, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I got one. No, man. I hate them. But I believe them. Okay. Um, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, phone line's blowing up uh, real quick. Uh, welcome to the show. Who's this? What's up, y'all? <laughs> Here's a guy that definitely needs some coffee. I, I, What's I up? Got, I just clicked in, didn't I? I'm Deanna Troy, and I'm taking out seriously going to UW. What you I'm say? I'm too old to like school. You going back to school? Seriously, think about it. I got three point L, great point L. Three point L. What's your? Yeah, what's your what, in what field? What degree? I, I haven't decided that. I got to think about this one. How about, uh, um, how about some kind of engineering? <laughs> and engineering. I want, you, I want you working for NASA, because that's how high you get, Charlie. Oh, my God. And I saw Mr. Scott on, on Gunsmoke. <laughs> Mr. Scott, the Enterprise. And, Charlie, uh, do you drink yeah. coffee or is it just always beer? No, I don't drink coffee. I, I eat coffee. I hate it. I yeah. hate it. Well, I what about, have you tried the new PBR? PBR's got a new one. It's a, it's a PBR coffee. PBR? Uh, I'll drink PBR regular coffee. And I got a, that was record. That's worth it. Well, hey, we got to hit this break, dollars. Charlie. You enjoy your, uh, we got ice house. We got ice house. Have a good one. Everybody, bye. Charlie called, Charlie called me at 6 a.m. this morning and said he's been drinking since 3 a.m. That's, that's, wow. that's a marathon.